say a lot of water has gone under the bridge since I was last on the podcast, Outlook in Review. Uh, for those just uh, just joining us, um, we used to have a podcast, uh, I believe it was from 2017 or 2018 up until uh, early 2019, it was called Anchor LA, we uh, rebranded a short while after launching uh, to Outlook in Review. Outlook in Review covered a wide range of topics, um, starting off with a news segment, going into arts and entertainment, sometimes technology and business news, and uh, and also having a uh, religious segment, uh, a segment delved into anything ranging from the five solas of the Protestant Reformation to very general topics of, of sin and truth and um, all about God's Word. One of the um, primary driving factors, in fact, for Outlook and Review was not the first three segments, news, um, business, and technology, or arts to entertainment, but in fact was the fourth, uh, spreading Christianity talking about it, and um, and a large factor of that was the music that we covered on the show. Um, not so much just your run-of-the-mill generic Christian music, but we would talk about um, different aspects of music. We, uh, we had a few episodes even that were dedicated to certain songs in the Christian world, um, hymns and, um, and different, uh, writers of those hymns. But as I, uh, said here at the beginning, a lot of water has, has gone under the bridge since we, uh, started and ended that show. Um, we ended in, um, I want to say it was June, perhaps, of 2019. Um, back when I uh, was living um, with my family down in uh, Thousand Oaks, California. Uh, in fact, speaking of family, that is why we ended the show. Uh, we ended the show um, just a few months after our first child was born, and um, I just really needed to enter into um, supporting and being there for my family um, prior to our, our daughter's birth. We had a very different circumstance where um, where I worked a job and and had had a good good amount of uh, you could call it free time and uh, I found that that was uh, was a way for me to uh, the podcast rather was a way for me to um, to put my thoughts together and and share them with uh, with you the listener. Well, since then um, we have moved. A uh, few hundred miles north. We're now living in uh, central or northern California, depending on how you look at it, in the city of Fresno, California. And um, and my passion for Christian music, and I'll go into what that means in a minute, but my passion for Christian music has strengthened, has increased, uh, largely um, stimulated, rather, by, uh, or at least 
sparked by the church that we were a part of in Los Angeles before moving to Fresno um, and, and having moved to Fresno and not really finding um, many, many people in this area uh, that, that had the same commitment to uh, music, to, to Christian music that is, that is both rich in theology and gospel saturation in, in the lyrics. So much of Christian music, and I said I was going to go into what Christian music means here. So much of Christian music today, you listen to K Love and Air One, and uh, in other parts of the uh, the nation, you've got um, American Family Radio, and you have Family Life Radio. Um, you have um, uh, the the big the big radio stations, I believe one in Florida called uh, the Z88 or Z80 something, um, and then there's one up in Seattle, Spirit 105.3, you've got the Life uh, brand in the Midwest. Um, so many Christian radio stations broadcast music that is commercialized, churned out um, in a, um, in a non-intentional way. Um, they they slap a a generic record label on the uh, album and market it as if it was today's pop hits, with no semblance of Christianity uh, in, in much of the songs that are on these releases. Um, and, and and you find this with with many um, Christian artists today. Um, You've got, um, and I and I do name names because because we do need to warn one another of um, of false teachers. I'm not saying all of these are false teachers, but we do need to warn others of false teachers. We also need to uh, warn people of um, of weak doctrine and of of. Um, of almost becoming complacent in uh, in their own beliefs and their own music choices, um, simply because the music that they're listening to, they feel that they've done their bit in Christianity. They are good with God if they uh, read the the Life Church Bible uh, devotional each day and uh, and listen to 25 minutes of Caleb on their commute into work. Um, and that does not cut it. As 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 any believer who has read read, read, read the Bible and, and and communes with with the Lord in prayer will understand that does not cut it. Um, that's not to say that there are works required in salvation. That's not where I'm going with this. But when a believer's heart has been truly transformed and redeemed, that believer will desire and thirst for solid food, uh, which only comes through uh, the Word of God, through communion, uh, um, in prayer with, with, with the Lord, and, and also um, with uh, fellowshipping of the saints and worship through song. Um, there, are other, there are other aspects of that as well. Um, so, so in naming some names, uh, some, some, some Christian artists that I have um, really uh, been, been challenged in, in, my own, in my own personal life to, to weed out, 
to um, to second second guess, take a take a second look at. Um, we've got artists such as Hillsong, Hillsong United. Um, they're huge. I mean, absolutely massive, massive um, recording um, generation generator machine, if you will. Uh, they record so much. Uh, quote-unquote Christian music, uh, anything from Touch the Sky to Oceans to um, uh, Cornerstone. Um, there, the list is just massive. Of, of um, you know, what is it? So will I? Uh, something one billion X or something. The the, the names are interesting. Uh, I'm not going to go into all that. Um, what anastasis? I believe is another word, uh, another name for one of those songs. So. These songs, and, and, and while every single stanza and every single phrase, every single point made in the songs may not be untruthful, there is plenty of untruth in these songs. Um, okay, so we, we, we'll, we'll go into that um, perhaps at a later date if, uh, if what, I'm, what I'm thinking here comes to fruition. But one of the... Um, one of the things that I wanted to mention is, okay, perhaps there are a few songs written by Hillsong that are just spot on. They are on point. They are theologically sound. Um, should we still be singing them publicly in our corporate worship in our churches today? And, and I have I have several points as to why. Perhaps I'll go into more of this um, at a later date. Um, the point that has been um, really been driven home for me lately is first of all taking um, what obviously I'm going to say here is that we should not be singing these, um, and I would say that we should not be singing them because two things. First of all, there are recording, recordings and, and um, songs written by artists and hymn writers and groups that to date, to the best of my knowledge, have not written songs that contain untruths. Now, what I mean by that is these artists have written nothing but true lyrics in their songs. So, singing those songs, so for instance, I'm thinking of um, the uh, recording um, group and, um, and I affiliation with uh, Sovereign Grace Music. So Sovereign Grace Music is part of Sovereign Grace Churches, um, uh, founded by C.J. Mahaney. Um, I don't see eye to eye with everything that they believe in the way of speaking in tongues. Uh, I am not a charismatic. Um, however, I do not see that in the way that they practice that as being a salvific issue. And because of that, I do endorse their music because their music is not intrinsically wrong. There's nothing that I see that's wrong with the lyrics in each and every song that I have heard them produce. So, with that endorsement at this time, of course, that can always change, but with that endorsement at this time, 
if Sovereign Grace produces a, a song that is excellent theologically, Christ-exalting, um, rich in the gospel, and, and so on and so forth, and Hillsong, or or another um, uh, faulty or, or, or doctrinally deficient movement like uh, Bethel or Jesus Culture, uh, Phil Wickham, um, I mean, the list is unfortunately quite long. But if one of these groups produced a song and it was accurate, and Sovereign Grace Music produced a song and it was accurate, both of them have to do with the exact same thing. Both of them are the perfect song for the sermon that day because, again, um, like I've said outside of this podcast a million times if I've said it once, if you're a worship leader, you must truly lead the congregation, not just play um, something that could just simply be pre-recorded as a MIDI file. You have to lead the congregation. You have to shepherd their hearts. You need to shepherd the the singers um, and the instrumentalists and, and the entire worship team. That is your job. You are a pastor of these people, just like the pastor who speaks. Um, it is important. It is vital. It is not something to be taken lightly. So, that being said, um, if both of those songs from, say, Bethel and from Sovereign Grace have to do with the exact same thing in the sermon, and you are like, oh man, both of these songs are perfect for today's sermon. This will this will lead the congregation deeper and to understand what the pastor is about to speak of. Which one should I choose? Why would you choose the one from Bethel? And what I say is, is why would you choose that? And you're going to be like, well, why not? What, what's wrong with that? Well, here's what I say. The problem with choosing the one from Bethel is, first of all, you've got a um, CCLI license. Now, CCLI is one of those necessary, I want to say, evils in the Christian music world, which, um, yes, it um, is what helps aggregate um, income for those who are serving the church by writing music for the church. Um, the way it's been implemented is unfortunate in my opinion. I could go on to that. Maybe I'll have a podcast about that one day. But be that as it may, at the point where we are now, if we are singing songs at a church and the songs are being projected on the PowerPoint or being printed up on seats by law, if those songs are in copyright, so in other words, they're not ancient hymns, if they're in copyright, they need to have a CCLI license, which the church pays for. So first of all, at the bottom of the song, you're going to have CCLI, copyright, so-and-so, Hillsong, or Bethel music. And some people won't even notice. Some people won't care. Some people could not care less, but there are those out there who look at those things and they read those things and they're like, well, who's Bethel? Oh, this was a great song. I trust my pastor. I trust my music leader. I trust this church. This church is shepherding me. This church is, is, is helping me to learn from the word. 
I'm going to look up this 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 group called Bethel. Because I mean, if 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 my church is is singing their music, this is great. I'm going to listen to other stuff that they've got. And all of a sudden, they're listening to absolute rotten music put out by these these I want to say cults because Bethel is actually bordering on the occult with some of the incredible pagan spirituality that they they practice. Um, That's, again, for another podcast. There is so much material here. Um, Before I continue, I want to go on and I want to say that if you're interested, if this interests you at all, um, I encourage you to go to a brand new website that I have formed since since Outlook and Review um, closed down. Uh, this, this website is called www.worshipthroughsong.com. So that's W-O-R-S-H-I-P-T-H-R-O-U-G-H-S-O-N-G.com. So Worship Through Song, traditional spelling.com. Um, and there's a plenty of resources there. Uh, our church song assist to help worship leaders find the right song for the service um, from, from reliable sources. Um, and so on. Um, another another reason besides the CCLI um, plug at the bottom of each each um, printout or or PowerPoint that you may have, which may lead some of your congregants astray, the CCLI license itself costs money. CCLI doesn't really care what Christian music they. They license. Um, they don't have doctrinal values, um, as best as I can tell. They have um, the most solid music you could hope for, and they have the most doctrinally deficient heresy you could ever hope for. So, that being said, they give money back to the artists from the money they make on the CCLI license. That's how it works. So if you, as a church, are singing, say, Bethel, um, then those CCLI license, that, that CCLI license that you're spending money on each year, a portion of that, no matter how small, a portion of that money, so money from your church is going to Bethel. And that is the logical conclusion. It's not a stretch. That is exactly what's happening. And I don't personally see how any church that preaches the gospel could in good conscience give money in any way, shape, or form to a cultic, heretical movement such as Bethel, such as Hillsong, um, there are there are artists uh, Francesca Battistelli, uh, Lauren Daigle, uh, Phil Wickham, as I mentioned before, um, Porter's Gate. There's one that's absolutely bizarre. Uh, and without going on too much of a rabbit trail, the band Porter's Gate has a few um, members whom used to be more accurate or, or solid than they are now. And that's just, that's the nature of how Satan corrupts 
and tries to um, put a wedge in in the gospel and split and and divide. Um, we have yet to see how how these people turn out. Uh, we, well, we see we see how some of them have. Um, some of the members of Porter's Gate, which has a few, you could say, reformed Christian artists. Um, and by reformed, I don't mean um, reformed in the um, in the legalistic denomination, like um, the Protestant Reformed churches and so on. I mean reformed in the reformed theology sense. Um, and, and there is a difference. We can go into that as well. <laughs> so, um, some of the artists, though, in this group, um, they actually... Um, there's one, uh, Matt Marr. You've probably heard his song, Lord, I Need You. There's a song that is um, accurate, solid, and written by a Roman Catholic. What a conundrum. Um, it's, it's hard to... Um, Hard to not sing that song uh, sometimes when uh, certain things in life hit you uh, and those lyrics just come into your head. But I just can't in good conscience share that song and encourage others to uh, listen to it because there are plenty of of Catholic mantras that, that, that Matt Marr has done as well which are filled, chock full of Roman Catholic um, uh, legalism and... and um, false doctrine. So, anyway, uh, bouncing back, another uh, person in this uh, group, the Porter's Gate, is Audrey Assad. She started off as, I believe it was, um, uh, was it Mennonite Brethren? Or it was something, it was something um, extremely conservative Protestant um, on the on the um, Reformed scale to, to an extent. Um, and all of a sudden, see, um, see flipped, and she, she recorded these, um, these, these, these beautiful, beautiful hymns, um, on this, on this album, Inheritance, and, um, and for a while, the Worship Through Song Project, um, maybe back in late 2019, 2020, uh, we were sharing these, these were great songs, um, and, and then we found out that she had flipped to uh, Catholicism from from a very conservative, um, almost Baptistic, uh, maybe it was Baptist um, um, viewpoint, and and she went to um, Catholicism, and then just in the past few months, maybe it was a year, she's now declared herself uh, agnostic, um, or or is atheist. Um, to be honest, I don't remember which one. Um, but at this point, it doesn't really matter because she has left Christianity. Um, and, um, wasn't entirely surprised, um, seeing the direction she was taking when she flipped to Catholicism. That usually is, is the, um, is the route people go when they go from a, uh, a biblical worldview and then all of a sudden flip to a liberal, uh, liberal Christianity. Um, Christianity is not going to be a term that they endorse much longer after that. So anyway, um... That, that group released a song, Porter's Gate released a song that was called, or it was named after the famous hymn, O Sacred Head Now Wounded. Beautiful, 
beautiful traditional hymn. And by the way, I love hymns. This is not a tirade against hymns. This is not a tirade against modern music. This is not a tirade against any music from a particular period. Um, metronome, um, rhythm, uh, instrumental, uh, um, um, instrumentation rather. Um, this is a tirade against music that has uh, no semblance of lyrical soundness from artists that have no theological foundation. Um, so they released, Porter's Gate released a song based on that hymn, Oh Sacred Head Now Wounded. And this is right after the George Floyd um, ruckus that, that occurred a while back. Um, if you don't know what that is, you can look it up. I'm not going to rabbit trail down that one. They released a quote-unquote hymn called Oh Sacred Neck Now Wounded. Now, if you know anything about George Floyd, um, law enforcement um, attempted to arrest him and put their knee on his neck um, in, a, in a terrible way um, ended up um, killing him. Um... So Porter's Gate released a song called Oh Sacred Neck Now Wounded. And this song was blasphemous. This song actually equated George Floyd with Christ in the way that it was written. It elevated him way higher than any man should ever be. And George Floyd was no righteous man. Um, just like we all are fallen, broken sinners. But he was elevated in this song to the level of God. Um, this song was then sung in churches, liberal churches, yes. And how can we possibly um, sing songs by Porter's Gate in our churches? give money to a, an organization that has written a blasphemy. Um, endorse an organization, Porter's Gate, um, um, in our church um, materials, uh, PowerPoint, and, and so on, with the, with the name on there that, that people are going to look at. It, this, that does not make sense. I don't understand how a church can, can support and, and do that. Anyway, so, so this is running on almost half an hour here. I do want to close. I, I want to, um, I want to um, challenge believers. If you are stuck on Caleb and that is the only music you know, and you're just like, yeah, let's just sing Caleb and Michael W. Smith and Chris Tomlin all day. This is great. Let's do it. Um, let's worship Jesus and you don't really think deeply and biblically about the lyrics you're singing, you're doing it wrong. Um, Christian music is not background music. Christian music is not just a thing to do before you sit down for the service at church. It's not something to jam out to um, on your commute. Uh, Christian music is worship to a holy and um, awesome in the very real sense, God. 
Um, I, I encourage you to look at our website, worshipthroughsong.com. I want uh, I want to see if um, if you have any questions, so you feel free to contact me on there. And and in closing, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if there is a uh, a demand for a podcast uh, on this material. Um, there is an excellent podcast out there already. It's called Sound Plus the Plus Sign Doctrine. Sound Plus Doctrine podcast. It's put out by Sovereign Grace Music. And um, excellent, excellent Bob Coughlin, David Zimmer, uh, some some excellent um, men of God who who have come together and uh, and really challenge uh, worship leaders and um, and those uh, in the Christian music world, especially in churches. Um, some other artists that at this time I endorse um, and hold my breath and pray that they don't go astray. Um, so who, who have we got? We've got Keith and Kristen Getty. We've got Shane and Shane. Shane and Shane I endorse with hesitations simply because there's some of the music that they have covered come from um, questionable sources. Um, still formulating my views on that one. Um, and, uh, and Matt Boswell, Matt Papa. These are some um, very godly men who have um, put together many modern hymns um, and, and really are serving the church this way. Um, anyway, um, go to worshipthroughsong.com. And uh, if you have any uh, questions or comments, uh, please contact me. Um, and, and you can contact me there on the website. You can also contact me at worshipthroughsong at gmail.com. Uh, I am there as well. Well, anyway, uh, it's been great to talk again. Uh, it's been a long time since we were on the Outlook and Review podcast. And from Fresno, California, this is Outlook and Review, um, perhaps the Worship Through Song podcast coming soon. Talk to you later. Mm-hmm.